OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash wallstreet. I'm Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, president of the Charles Schwab Foundation, which is the philanthropic arm of Charles Schwab. I am a long-term executive at Charles Schwab and a personal finance and financial literacy for all Americans. If women, or anybody for that matter, has some type, just a small nest egg of financial security, then they can make choices in their life. They don't have to work for that company that doesn't share their values, or they don't have to be in that relationship with somebody who doesn't treat them right. They can pretty much do what they want. This is Secrets of Wealthy Women from the Wall Street Journal, helping women empower themselves financially. Now, Veronica Dagger. Carrie Schwab Pomerantz is president of the Charles Schwab Foundation and a leading advocate for money independence. She talks about how women can own their futures through financial literacy. Carrie, your parents divorced when you were nine years old. How did that shape your view of money? So at the time, my dad was a struggling businessman. He had started a couple businesses that did not take. And um, my mom was your traditional housewife. Uh, she went to Stanford. And she was a Phi Beta Kappa, so she's brilliant. And um, so a lot of people think, oh, you know, you grew up with the man that we all know today. But it wasn't really well until my 20s that he became the household name. And and just seeing both my parents struggle all those years, I think really had an impression on me in terms of the importance of financial empowerment, the importance of, of every one of us being engaged with our finances and comfortable with it. So um, yeah, it was it was it was a struggle to see, but I, I'm probably a better person for it. Did it form your view of entrepreneurship? You know, it's funny. My my sister's actually an entrepreneur. I I was the you know I'm the oldest of I'm the oldest child. Started working with the company when I was 16, and really the company became like a family to me, figuratively. And and I guess apples don't fall from far from the tree because that passion I think just sort of was in my DNA, and I've been able to have a very purposeful uh, career in terms of taking it to the next level on for populations that aren't as well served by the financial services industry. How did wealth change your life? I have to remember, go back in time, there was definitely some ups and downs and rockiness. So it was not like, you know, my dad was just instantly super wealthy. But I will have to tell you that he is always, um, my dad has very strong values, a very strong work ethic, um, and that he's imparted on me. You know, I've, I've been working since I was 13, you know, starting with the paper route and babysitting and so forth. And um, I think seeing what he went through, what my parents went through, instilled in me this whole notion of working and saving and having your own money. So I would say, you know, I guess a lot of people think I would be somebody different given who my father is, but I don't I don't look at it that way. I look at, you know, he he's his own success and I am my own person and it's really important for me to be um, have humility, which is something my dad really talks about. He also talks about giving back. So I would say in a sense uh, I, I don't feel wealthy. 
I don't, maybe my husband thinks I act wealthy. <laughs> you know how that is. Husbands always think you spend too much. But I love philanthropy and, and loving helping others. And I guess that's really where it opened up my life. My husband would say I'm naive and I would just say I'm not paranoid. I, I don't look for relationships or worry about that. I take my relationships um, face value. And and certainly I can get detect somebody who's trying to use me. But, but I, I think I'm pretty good about putting barriers on my you know, around myself, uh, not barriers, but, you know, some boundaries. And, you know, for instance, I will tell you, you know, not only because of the last name, but and also running the Charles Schwab Foundation, I will tell you, I get asked for money every day. And um, it does get really wearing on me. And it's funny, you know, you even bring this up. I'm trying right now to figure out how do I say no without the guilt? Because it really does take a physical toll on you. And and that's because I do want to help everyone and everybody has a great cause. So it's not about whether I trust people. I, I just look at it on face value and I, and I operate, um, you know, from my heart authentically and it seems to work. What advice do you have for women who want to carve out their own identity separate from their family? You know, I'm a big believer in every woman. I don't really care, you know, single, married, whatever. You've got to be engaged with your finances. You know, we just conducted a gender uh, study of young women 16 to 25 years old. And unfortunately, stereotypes, you know, society, parents sort of carve us out and and unconsciously, by the way, and put us at a financial disadvantage. Um, You you know, studies show that young women are uh, paid less than their allowance. We know women um, earn 80 cents on the dollar. We live longer. Uh, we tend to go in and out of the workforce. It's it's so we so we have less money, right, um, to play with or to save over time for our financial security. So I'm just a big believer that we as women have to be more um, disciplined and engaged to have the financial income our outcomes and the security that we deserve. How can we become more confident as women? Well, I you know I'm out there advocating for parents to to bring their daughters along. But, you know, obviously not everybody had that opportunity. You know, I always I always do have this sort of joke that my own little focus group at Schwab is all the women at Schwab, their parents talked to them about it. Their dads were encouraging and so forth. But I, I think, you know, it's just sort of the, you know, Nike, whatever logo, just do it. And um, there's a lot of great financial experts, firms that, you know, I, I mean, I'll Tout Schwab. We, my dad built the company for everyday Americans. Some people say for the little guy. I mean, my dad wouldn't use that word, but but there are firms out there that don't care how much money you have. They just want to help you. And I think you need um, if you could just you know make that phone call or go into that office, or you know talk to a friend and, and get some advice on who you know who you might reach out to. Um, but I think it's just a matter of dipping in, and it's really it's a it's necessity for your security. First of all, I can go in so many different ways. You know, I mentioned you know get help. There's no shame in getting professional help. You know, I mentioned I you know I I have professional help, and there's plenty of great people out there. That, that's somebody who can be your partner in it. Uh, the other is you know if you're one to want to go online, there's some great um, low cost. Uh, asset allocation funds, you know, like robo funds you hear, and they're, and they're, they're well diversified in all the different sectors of society, large and small companies, international bonds and cash. It, again, it's, it's um, picking something that's low cost, it mirrors the market, uh, you know, it is in equities. 
it's just about participating in the market and thinking of it long term. I always you know equate the stock market to like an elevator where it goes up, but it kind of jig jags up. But it, over time, it outperforms any every other sector, including cash or bonds. What's one misconception you hear from women about investing? I think a lot of people, and it's not just necessarily women, but I, I actually had a colleague who is not in investing. She's not an investor. And of course, you know, Schwab's not all financial experts, right? We've got people in technology and HR and operations and so forth. And this um, woman was in her 40s. And, and she and I had worked side by side for almost 20 years. She was in her mid-40s, and she went to the Schwab office to check in on her retirement and her 401k. And she came back, and I, and I said, so how did it go? And she said, unfortunately, I'm, a, I'm behind. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm behind in where I need to be given my age. And I don't want to say her name, but I said, no way. You know, you've been working with me side by side. You know how important it is to be diversified and participating in stocks and equities. And she said, I know. I just had too much in cash. And I, and I think w- what, what gets in the way is the fear of, of um, the stock market because it, because it is volatile. And so people think that going into cash or mutual funds is a better deal. But that's just as much risk. Being in cash holds just as much risk as maybe you know picking that hot stock, and and that's why we so recommend a diversified portfolio of of equities because you know it's like not putting all your eggs in one basket, right? It's a whole bunch of different companies and industries and so forth, and then you can use cash and bonds to. Um, you know, balance the volatility a little bit, you know, during different different economic times. How come financial firms have largely had a tough time connecting with women? Oh, boy. I, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I will tell you that historically, you know, I mentioned that Schwab, Schwab or my dad started, tried to start a firm that was more inclusive. And um, I think a lot of it might be, have to do with it's a high pressure sales of, you know, industry and I think what people have to realize is that you don't have to have work with somebody like that. It's really important potentially to work with someone who's fee-based. So they're not incented or motivated to churn your account, buy all these this stock or that stock, or push uh, products that their firm is trying to push and it's not necessarily right for you. Um, I'm a big believer in, reg- well, I'm a big believer, of course, in Schwab, but registered investment advisors, uh, they're f- usually fee-based, so it's a percentage of your assets. And so um, because it's a percentage, uh, when your account goes up, they earn more. So, so th- it's in their best interest to help you grow your portfolio. So I think compensation is a big differentiator. And to be honest with you, I think it's changed a lot in, since I've started. It has become more women-friendly. I also think that with the rise of the 401k and that so many women are in the workforce, in a way it's, it's uh, forcing us to get involved with investing and become more familiar with it and um, comfortable. ADP knows anything you hear, anything you don't hear, anything you kind of heard, anything you weren't supposed to hear and now have to pretend like you didn't, can change the world of work. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. You're listening to Secrets of Wealthy Women from the Wall Street Journal. 
keep your husband engaged? Well, I mentioned to you that you know we were always a do-it-yourself couple. Um, so I have to I have to tell a little cute story. My husband is a journalist. Uh, he was um, a sports journalist, Atlanta Journal Constitution, the Washington Post, and so forth. And he always joked that. Um, he wrote the thank you notes, you know, and I managed the money. <laughs> but um, it's just it's it's really important that your boat, you know, that he has total access to all our accounts. I think for whoever is really managing it or not managing it, at the very least, you need to know where your assets are, what you're invested in, and be involved with all the big decisions. And and it does help now that we do have a third party um, advisor, and we do meet with um, them regularly. And Gary's always included. And um, certainly, I encourage him, and, and he knows the importance of it. So um, we're okay with it. You know, it's I don't know that it's just women versus men. I um, have a good friend of mine who's a male that's really struggling right now, and I, you know, I can't help but to think, why isn't his we- his wife stepping in and helping to sort of defray that stress? I mean, it's definitely a joint effort. I think you kind of both have to be scrappy. I think it's also important maybe to sit down and you know have a plan, have have a budget, have some agreements around how you spend your money. Um, I think it's really. I also think it's important to have the hat or have uh, the hers and his and and yours. So I, I think if you look at money is reaching your goals and your aspirations. I know my husband and I used to talk about that all the time, our hopes and dreams. But that's what makes the money part fun. If you can kind of be focused on that and that can use that as your as your um, your path for getting where you want together. I feel very fortunate to be in the situation that I was that, again, I was not raised a trust fund kid. And I have been trying to instill the same work ethic and value on savings with my own kids. I started them in an allowance when they were young so they could experience money, make choices, you know, value it. There were times when they just, you know, like when I wouldn't pay for something, they wouldn't pay for it either because they realized their money was more valuable. I um, I taught them how to invest when, when they were 12. I never talked about money. I remember we... One of my sons, I don't know, he was probably 10 years old, and he, you know, he says, you know, the Smiths, I'm making that up, I don't remember their name, they're really rich. And I said, really? You know, and we just, we just don't really, we don't really uh, talk about it in that sense. And and I will, um, you know, I have a, a story that I've told before when my son was 16, some of his friends were getting BMWs. You know, we were living in a, you know, in Marin County at the time, very wealthy community. And I was really kind of appalled, to be honest with you, because what I've taught my kids is not about net worth. It's about self-worth. And each one of my kids have always worked since they were 16 years old. Again, I'm trying to, you know, I I feel really good about what I've done and, and, and I have my confidence and personal self-worth and I wanted them to have the same. So they've always worked. They're, they're big investors. Um, and, and it's, it's, for us, it's not about the money. It's about having purpose and drive in life. How come the dial on financial literacy hasn't moved that much? Oh, it's, it's, it's changed some. You know, I've been working on this for a lot of years. 17 states today now require personal finance in, in um, high school. It was fewer than that way back when. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people lobbying it. I, I, I wish I could, I wish we could make it a culture, you know, financial literacy, financial ownership, a culture that we all readily accept. It's, it's no doubt we, we have a lot of work to do. So you've got, 
you know, schools aren't really teaching it, although it's getting better. You know, from our studies, parents are starting to talk more to their kids. Um, another area is the workforce. Uh, you know, we provide retirement plans for corporations, and it was something I pushed when I was on President Obama's Council on Financial Capability, the whole notion of uh, employers providing financial education. And I have to tell you that my colleagues are telling me on the IRA business, uh, retirement business, that more and more corporations are seeing that it pays off, you know, the bottom line to educate and make sure that their employees are financially, you know, fit. Uh, because they're more productive employees and happier employees. So it's slow, um, and that's why I haven't really stopped pounding the payment, pavement. It's one thing you'd like young people to learn about money while they're still kids. The power of investing. I mean, it, like, again, you know, we talked about it earlier. It's, it's, um, it's, what, creates, it's what creates wealth. It's what um, separates you. It, you know, it, it fuels financial security. You said turning 50 was a huge inflection point for you personally. How so? It was a time now, you know, I, I've had a great career, but it was like, this is sort of my second, I mean, 50 is kind of still young, but um, what kind of effect can I have on people and, and, and bigger effect? And how can I do my part on this planet? I had been running, you know, the Schwab Foundation for, you know, a number of years, but then, you know, what's, the, what's sort of the next thing? And, and that's when I ended up getting more involved civically. I had done some national stuff, like I mentioned, under actually President Bush and President Obama. But I raised my hand in the city of San Francisco and and said, I, you know, I want to help. And so the mayor pointed me to the San Francisco Commission on the Status of Women. And I'm taking my platform and my knowledge and trying to... Uh, to promote financial empowerment in, in San Francisco among women. The, the focus had been on domestic violence and human trafficking. But if you think about it, if women or anybody for that matter has some type, just a small nest egg of financial security, then they can make choices in their life. They don't have to work for that company that doesn't share their values, or they don't have to be in that relationship with somebody who doesn't treat them right. They can pretty much do what they want. What inspires you to give back? Well, I can't help but to think about the Boys and Girls Club of America. I'm on the National Board of Governors with um, very like-minded, passionate people. And what drives me to give back are sort of several things. It's seeing somebody have a better life. That's what inspires me, to, to see people who didn't have the same opportunities that I have. Well, there's nothing more meaningful and heartwarming and and, um, powerful than helping someone in need and giving them a leg up and seeing that they take that help and then they just totally bloom as an individual. I just, you know, I think about, when I think about giving giving back, I think of Boys and Girls Club, which is the largest youth agency in the United States. And I work very closely with them. And this organization you know, has the breadth and depth of impact among youth in the United States. And, and, and they are very innovative in how they think about solving problems. And, um, and they're very um, focused on metrics and impact. They don't think about their, everything's a winning formula. They're always trying to aspire and be better. And that's motivating to me. And I meet these kids, you know, all the time. And I'm thinking just around financial literacy, for instance. 
they'll work at the Boys and Girls Club and make maybe a couple thousand dollars. And they get so excited. And these are kids that their parents probably didn't even have in a bank account. And all of a sudden, they just see this little bit of money, and they start thinking about college. I mean, think that you just go from a little summer job to college, when these young people probably thought they would just get a menial job out of high school and just, you know, live their life. But now opportunities come, come to them, and, and that really fuels me. Time now for your secrets. I'm Carrie Schwab Pomerantz, and my money secret, we lift off one paycheck. And of course, I can't forget to say it's all about investing and the power of compound growth. This episode was produced by Tanya Bustos. John Wardock is the executive producer of WSJ Podcasts. I'm Veronica Dagger. Thanks for listening. What's your secret? Let us know. Write podcasts at DowJones.com or on Twitter. Use hashtag Secrets of Wealthy Women. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. But what policy changes should investors be watching? Washington Wise is an original podcast for investors from Charles Schwab that unpacks the stories making news in Washington and how they may affect your finances and portfolio. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise.